Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Buckets. Buckets. We have a new game, guys. Yes. Do you want to explain it? Sure. Every time we finish an ad, um, we like recording an ad, we crumple up the paper. Em invented it. And we <laughs> throw it into uh, a, trash can. a receptacle. It's uh-huh. currently not a trash can. It's a file folder and an empty box. But but at the end of every, it's a reward after every ad. We go buckets. buckets. And then I yell Space Jam. And I goes <laughs> Kobe. And that's the extent of our basketball knowledge. <laughs> but... When I say, I want to explain, give a little caveat that when I say um, we throw it into the receptacle. We throw around we it. We throw around it. We throw toward it, generally. Uh, well, last time Christine was pretty much nailing it. I thought her beer punk skills came back for a second. I think I think it's the new, we need to like really set up the proper. I'm telling you, this time around, we, you, uh, you disappointed me. You, you got zero for five. Suddenly I'm just feeling really small. I mean, never mind. You did amazing. The goal was to not do anything right. I don't know what's happening. Em just gave me a weird half wink. I was like, you get it. You get it. Buckets. Buckets. <laughs> Buckets. I think for Christmas, I'm going to buy you a bucket. Oh, just a plain bucket? Yeah, who knows what's going to be in it? Just a dirty, dirty bucket. I'll put baby G in a bucket. Oh, I would like that. Oh, so sweet. Here's the thing. I want. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about this. On It's your decision, but we'll delete it otherwise. But guess where we are the day this comes out? Nashville. No. Nope. Vegas. Guess where specifically? Tell them where specifically. Or are we going to say it afterward? What time is it? Well, just on Sunday. Yeah, we're going to be in Vegas. But where? Las Vegas. The Venetian. (laughs) You planned this. There's a special thing we're doing on Sunday. Oh, I don't know which part you're excited about. I guess the the German place. No, on Sunday. On Sunday. I'm going to kick you. On Sunday. Oh, 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 oh. I felt like we're all having a stroke all at once. I think so. We're at the Zach Baggins. We're at the Zach Baggins Haunted Museum. Yes! You guys, M is like fucking scheduled us all, booked a tour at the Zach Baggins Haunted Museum, and I'm just dying inside and i someone i don't remember who but someone in our facebook group actually posted the link of the zach baggins house after i'd already bought literally tickets. a day later i think and i ignored it because you told yeah me and so in the comments i wrote christine don't look at this and i'm sorry if that came off really like dickish <laughs> i i christine, didn't don't i was like christine don't look because i didn't want her to 
I, you still have not seen anything, correct? I don't want you to. I like, know literally zero. Okay, I want you to have a full experience with that. I just imagine that it's like Zach Baggins' house, but I know it's not. Also, while we're here, I will tell you the two places that were supposed to be on the itinerary. Okay, but ended up having to get scrapped. Oh, y'all! This is my bachelorette party weekend, by the way. Just yes. so you know, what's and I, going I did the whole itinerary. And literally <laughs> created the entire weekend for me. And I picked all the places. I had to dwindle it down. By the way, here's the thing. I was so invested in this. I started with 34 different places. For God's sake. And I needed to dwindle it down to like six. Just FYI, we get there Friday afternoon and leave Sunday. Just, yeah. Just I'm, for everyone's clarification. This weekend is not long enough no. at all. So some of the things that had to get taken off. So I created this entire itinerary and it's the two that I really tried to squeeze in there but couldn't. Right. I want you to um, Google while okay. you're here. Got it. Um, so one of them is called Beauty Bar. And just type in Beauty Bar Vegas and then Google image. Okay. So it looks like a beauty salon. Whoa. <gasps> Whoa. I thought it looked really cool. Whoa. And it's also a music venue. So like you can sit under like old retro 50s hair dryers and oh, shit. Oh shit. And like listen to ba- indie bands or yeah. something. And That's then the, the bar looks like a salon with like, it looks like a bunch of cosmetics it is stuff, pretty but dope. it's alcohol. And then the other place. Oh, um, that's so cool. I know you're kind of going to be mad that we're not going. Oh, no. It is a speakeasy under the National Ma Museum. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted us to go so oh. bad. I wanted us to go so bad. And you already have but so many good things on the, the way. The way you have to get in is through the museum and you have to go through a portrait on the Shut wall. Shut the hell up. Wait. So, oh, my God. Wow. Wow, wow, so those wow, were the wow, two wow. that didn't make the cut. Okay, but everything else on the cut is still really amazing. Yes, Because M posted the itinerary. Of course, they made, like, just the most professionally uh, made uh, itinerary. I do everything on Microsoft Word. And posted it <laughs> <laughs> on um, the, in the, like, Facebook group. And everyone's texting me, like, wow, M did a lot of work. I was like, yeah, I know that. That's the point. So M... At this point, next week, I'm really hungover, but just screaming about Zach Baggins. <laughs> and life is so good right now, and I want to thank him for putting this all together. And Eva's going to be there, too, which is amazing. Yes. We're going to have so much fun. Alexander's going to be there. Allison's going to be there. Yep. And there's only... There's very few things I have left I need to do. Oh, my God. Amazing. I'm so... I can't... Nobody... Okay. Here's the thing. Okay. When Em sent me that, I got, like, really teary-eyed, the, like, itinerary, because I was like... I feel like no one's ever done anything this, like, kind and nice and thoughtful for me. So I just want to say thank you. Are you about to cry? No, I'm you just... You got all shaky. I'm really shaky and sweaty. Oh, that's the heat, not heat me. Heat stroke, right, but yeah. also you. Um, so thank you. No, I put a lot of thought into it. I was like, where are all the places Christine would want to go? It's just amazing. And, and the first place is a giant-ass German beer hall. Uh, so. I literally... The, I read two lines down. It said Hofbräuhaus, and I was like... Mom, I like, you're like okay. Mom. This place is gonna be fine. Oh my god! <laughs> Have you seen the other the place I know you're gonna love? Um, it's called Golden Spike. Oh, that's the one I haven't googled yet. No, right, you're gonna never want to go anywhere else. Oh, great! And type in playground, Golden Spike playground. Oh, Gold Spike. So it's like Gold. The whole place apparently is named after different parts of a house, and there's like playground and backyard and oh, all this stuff. Oh shit! We're gonna have a good time. Oh, they have shit. every type of they have like giant Yahtzee, giant Jenga. They have swings you can get drunk on. They have <laughs> and all of their menu is like things that a kid would want to eat. But it's alcoholics. Like they have these giant, massive milkshakes. We are going to have so much fun. I could <laughs> scream. Oh, too late. Uh, we're going to have so much fun. Em. Thank you for planning. all. I just can't. You guys, our Instagram is going to be kind of bananas. I have a feeling. So just get ready for that. 
Um, so I just want to thank you. I will say the other thing that was supposed to happen is I tried to make a Snapchat filter because oh, I went. I looked into that too. I went bananas extra on this trip, and I was like, obviously she's going to have a Snapchat filter wherever we go, and it's going to say her name, and everyone's going to know, and her hashtag, and it's going to be great. And I found out that it was going to be three hundred and seventy-four dollars. Yeah, I looked into it too. <laughs> You're so fucking basic, but also I'm the exact same. Hey, we both did it. <laughs> But no, I, I was like, I guarantee Em's also looking into this. And then I was yes. like, I hope they don't actually do it because it's fucking expensive. It's in like apparently because originally it said $60. Yeah. And I was like, Dunzo, And apparently it's $60 per square foot. It, oh, it's yeah. And it's, I was like, like if we <laughs> literally Las keep Vegas. it inside the Venetian, it's still like $200. Yeah. The smallest it would let me go is $200. The good thing is the one in Ohio that I'll be using is much less because it's contained in the venue. But um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so you get it. We'll come up with a hashtag instead. So it, it should have happened. It was going to happen. Oh, just wait, know I thought it. Christine gets blazed in Vegas. That's yeah. the hashtag. Okay, good. We're good. I just had to shorten it on some things for Christine gets blazed. Oh, just okay. on principle. Just so you know. Oh my God, you use the hashtag? Okay, yeah. stop. I'm like so... I can't. <laughs> you guys have all seen this on social media by now, but right now I'm in this like pre-excitement, like freaking out yeah. anxiety phase. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Em, for everything. Um, also, one last thing before we get into the real deal. Um, I want you guys to to remind you guys that we have one week left until we're in Nashville, which is going to be a party in and of itself. Yes. Um, Eva's going to be there, too. We're going to be there for two nights. Our booking agent, Andrew, lovely Andrew, just emailed us and said we're almost out of tickets. So get on it, people. Yeah, we've only got, I think, not not too many left at all. Yeah. So jump on it. Okay. Go to and that's why drink dot com and click tour and you'll be able to find tickets there. Um, and I also want to add real quick that we're adding a bunch of new cities lined up for November, December, January that we're going to be announcing relatively soon. So stay tuned. Yes. And those will probably sell out because some of them are smaller venues. So keep an eye peeled. Just one. Only one, though. Yes. Keep the other. Unpeeled. Unpeeled and closed. Yeah. And waiting. It's like to, you're winking with one peeled eye. Waiting for it to ripen. There it is. Don't peel the banana yet. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be a weird ride today. I have a feeling. I got a feeling. That's one of my mom's favorite songs. Oh, by the way. That was for Linda. Oh, good. Your turn. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie. Literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell. Thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. Prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. 
Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Okay. Christine. M. I'm so ready for this. What? And I have to apologize that it's long. Because it's usually, usually I try to keep my, my notes like a page and a half. And right. this was exceeding two pages and I couldn't break it down. I don't want you to break it down. I want to hear all of it. Okay. This, this is like what everyone wants. Not the story itself, but like the, the, the little, um, the themes. Cause it's got paranormal. It's got poltergeists. Oh, it's got aliens. Hell yeah. It's got conspiracy theories. It's a little potluck. Oh, I'm so ready for it. Okay. Bring it on. Okay. 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 Don't look at the top, because I know you like to do that. Buckets. Buckets. So this is the story of the Skinwalker Ranch. Yes! Okay. Oh my god, I'm so excited! So, um, before I get into it, I know you always give stories credit. Like, where you get your sources from. I got a whole lot from uh, Ghost Diaries. Ooh. Um, What's that? A website? It was called the Ghost Diaries Report. Um, and it's by Johnny Mahan. Um, oh, okay. So I'm going to say a whole lot of stuff that was like just clearly from his story. But is it like or her a, story? I don't I don't know who they are. A blog or like a podcast or like a... Um, it was in the blur of me copy and pasting all of Google into a Word document. So, so it's a really, website. It was a website. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I only found it on a website. Oh, but okay. it might have been like transcript, a transcript from something else. Got it. Got it. Got it. I don't know where it came from. Got it. Got it. Got it. And got I don't remember. I, I just don't know. All I know is that most of it came from Ghost Diaries by Johnny Mayhem. So I want to give them a lot of credit. Awesome. Because like so much of my information came from there. Um, Okay. So the Skinwalker Ranch is in northeastern Utah, and it's surrounded on three sides by mountains and cliffs. Um, Its name, Skinwalker, it comes from Navajo origin. A Skinwalker is... The tr- in folklore, it's someone who can transform into animals based on their needs. Mm-hmm. So if they need to fly a bird, if they need to swim fish. And in some versions of the story, at the end of their destination, they become a giant wolf. Oh. Um, like, like they progress or something? Like it's like their final form before they go back to being a human. Like in during their animal transitions, they always end at a wolf. Got it. And they have inhuman bursts of speed. But they're lurkers and stand on lone streets when in their human form. That's terrifying. To lure people in. And they can read minds to know what you're scared of so they can control and manipulate you to draw you into them. Okay, good. Fabulous. So let's just start there. Does everyone feel freaked out? Because this story gets fucking weird. I was going to say, this is one of the ones that really gets me. I I heard it in Astonishing Legends and it was like my... When I first dipped my toes into anything like eerie, paranormally, like podcast wise. And this one just... I lived alone. I wish I listened to Astonishy Legends. I just like, fun fact about me. I don't listen to other paranormal podcasts because I don't, I don't want to accidentally like steal any of their story or any of their like lines so or anything like that. just copy and paste Google. Yeah. So I don't, well, <laughs> so I copy and paste Google, but <laughs> I give Google all the credit. I'll tell you no, that. But I will say like, you are going to cover everything, but I will say I, I do recommend them their podcast episode because it was like way a long time ago i always listen after i've reported yeah, on it because it's just like really entertaining on their front too but but then my anyway. big problem is after i've reported on it and then i listen i'm like damn i wish i threw that into the story that's why i always listen to it first and then i'm like oh i'm too paranoid that i'm gonna like 
get sued or something. Anyway, Ghost Diaries report Johnny Mayhem for the thousandth time because I don't. Sure. Okay. Um, ma, ma, ma. Okay, so the Skinwalker Ranch was actually originally called the Sherman Ranch. Oh and my god, for Sherman. For Sherman. The first Sherman Ranch. <laughs> and it involved uh, oh, it's, it's been involved in shape-shifting mutant wolves interdimensional portals and poltergeists fabulous oh and aliens oh right yeah you can't forget that no so quick background of the town quick background quick quick quick, 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 quick. in the 1800s um europeans started moving west and pushed out the tribes and during the civil war there's a thought that the land was cursed at that time and that a skinwalker was created in the process of that curse and the skinwalker has multiplied and they live nearby in the canyons. Ooh. And it's an area where now local tribe members avoid at all costs. They do not let any really? because they're so convinced. They're like, we will not go near that. When place. the locals are like, no. Yeah. And when the locals are natives yeah, and exactly. they're like, no. They're like, you do you, but like, we won't do it. It's like, we I'm know like, better. Fuck that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tribes will not go anywhere That's near that. That's crazy. Some of them believe that this place is a portal to, quote, where the past meets the future. Cute. And some say that a Bermuda Triangle is somewhere on the property because people just go disappearing or... Oh, my. So they can have a... I'm probably ignorant, but like Bermuda Triangle can be replicated? It's like a a metaphorical Bermuda Triangle. Oh, just like the same concept. Yeah, same concept. Transported there. Yeah, not like a clone of the Bermuda... Well, I just... I didn't know if that was like the... the actual, no, I got like you. The term, okay. No, no, no. Uh, anyway, got it. You're good. You're good. You're good. Um, I called hot. someone a wonton last week, so <laughs> we're fine. It's so funny, though. Okay, sorry. Um, go, go on. All right. In the area, more than half of the population has had UFO experiences. M- more than half. More than half. Oh my god. As of 2002, who knows what's been going on in the last 16 years? And also, weirdly enough, this may or may not have any correlation, but um. That town also has an increasingly higher rate of stillborn babies. What? It's just that's a, fucked up. Like not a fun fact. No, not fun. No, no. So, um, the Skinwalker Ranch is most is also fun fact. This is a fun fact. Is the most thoroughly researched paranormal hotspot in the world. Okay. So now that I've in gone the world, to, now that I've gotten to this story, like, really, do I need to keep going with this podcast? We're ending it. It's just me I now. Mean, I'm, I hit my high now. What if it was just me talking to myself for the rest of the episodes? There, I mean, that could be pretty fun. There never was an M. Schultz. Ooh. They died 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in just some quick stories. In 1977, just to make things even worse, because cryptids are also involved. Oh, I fucking love cryptids. In 1977, a guy named Jay Barker and his friends hiked through the mountains. And when they got to their fishing spot, they looked over a cliff and saw a black and white body. They thought it was an elk, but it was a bipedal creature. Mm. And its whole body was black with white hair on the back of its neck, and it was swinging its arms, had lots of heavy mass, and they saw it for an entire three minutes while it walked and stood by a pond. And they're convinced that it was a Bigfoot. They thought it was an elk, but it was, like, walking on But it was just casually walking on two feet. Yes. Okay. So also Bigfoot's hanging out there. God, I need a list of this all in one space, please. In 1978, this is literally like, like just where where they all just go. Like this is just like aliens go here, ghosts go here. It makes sense for like a here. portal of like we said, like a Bermuda Triangle of all this shit just happens in one. You know? Did you ever watch um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? 
No. Okay. I feel ignorant. So there's a whole neighborhood called Toontown where, like, literally all the cartoons live. So it's, like, oh. Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse and, you know. Sure. Every every single cartoon that's ever, like, Betty Boop lives there. Popeye Doug. lives there. Sure. Any any cartoon ever. Patrick Star. All lives in this one neighborhood. So I feel like this is, like, the Toontown the neighborhood of, of. Like, the paranormal Toontown. Oh, my. <laughs> paranormal Toontown. Um, so in 1978 the whole town at one time all saw balls of light flashing over the ranch and the and a ufo showed up to every single person in town and emitted a silent purring noise (laughs) and onlookers recall feeling very frightened as if someone was watching them from the ufo but they could not look away so juniper came to every so juniper just floated around in 1978 and just purred in everyone's face. Let everyone know and who farted because he is terrible. God, those are just a terrible gas. The worst farts. So in 1994, this is when things get real good. So buckle up. 94. Yeah, you mm-hmm. were three. Thanks. You're welcome. I was two. Yeah, we know you're younger than me. I get it. Um. So the Shermans. Are we just going to pretend this is Tom and Linda? Linda and for Tom the- were there. They bought the ranch to start a cattle ranch for themselves. Which, by the way, my mother would never do. Um, no, probably so not. So already this, the idea is ruined in my mind. I mean, she'd probably put a nice pool in, though. Yes. Yes, she would. So um, as soon as they got to the ranch, uh, oddities and spirits and entities of sorts all started happening right away. Oddities ensued. Oddities ensued. And so well, as soon as they got into the house, they found heavy iron stakes oh. and heavy metal chains at each end of the house as if they... <laughs> As if large animals were being chained down no. in front of the doors. That's not good. They also found padlocks inside and outside of every door and window. As if they wanted... Inside and outside? Ooh, as if they needed the... to lock something in. That gives me the chills. Um, um, you just move into your new house and you're like, hmm. Like, oh, that's casual. Try to explain it away, but it's... Really, like, this sounds like something that Renata would do. Just be like, oh, they're just locks. Oh, uh, oh, I thought you meant chain everything. She'd, uh, she'd <laughs> lock everything be like, it's fine. As they moved into the house, okay, so this is, get ready. I'm so, ready. day one, they're moving in. Terry Sherman, who I guess is Tom Sherman. Tom, sure. Terry Sherman and his father, the father was helping them move in, and they get into the house, and they're unpacking things, and then leave, and when they get to the porch, a large wolf approaches them. Good. Good start. The wolf looks to be at least 200 pounds. Oh, no. And five feet tall while standing. Like on its four legs? Yeah. Oh. Well, like its chest so height it's, on it's a fucking si- massive wolf, basically. Yes. And it didn't act malicious at all. It acted like it wanted to be pet. Oh. And then it brushed up on them. Cue everyone listening going, Aww, wolfie. <laughs> Wait. And then the kids begged to keep him. Yes, exactly that. Um, Terry said no. And Terry, s- you asshole. And then when the wolf heard that. He ran over to the truck of cattle that they were unloading into the barn and attacked one of the calves. Um, uh, sorry. <laughs> wow, really taking it hard. Those kids learned a quick lesson that day. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> um, so Terry and his father were trying to get the wolf off of the calf. They were beating him and poking him with a stick and kicking, oh, and kicking the wolf in the ribs. And the wolf didn't move. So Terry's dad got his gun and shot him twice at point-blank range. Both bullets clearly hit the wolf because fur and flesh flew off of the wolf and onto the ground. And the wolf didn't care. What? He kept trying to attack the calf. So 
basically what happened is he shot at the wolf a total of six times and only then did the wolf release the calf and back away. Oh my god. But like shot him like straight in the chest. Like point blank. Like this wolf should not be here. Uh-uh. And he's just like acting like, okay, I'll, I'll let go. Um, and then those kids were in therapy for the rest of their lives. Eventually, Terry shot him a final time, very obviously having shot him because there's fucking fur and blood everywhere. And all he did was back off, stare at them. And then he trotted off. What? And Terry and his dad ran to follow it. And they followed the tracks and ended up finding out that the tracks just halted in the middle of the field. Oh, God. Oh, my God. So um, they can't die. Oh, my God. Okay. So they can't die and they just vanish. Um, the family continued after that, noticing balls of light in the sky, uh, seeing orbs and hearing voices above their heads, seeing faces in the windows, seeing faces in the mirrors, apparitions of shadow men standing at the foot of their bed. Uh, family members had nightmares and objects would go missing and randomly appear. So very poltergeist stuff. Yeah. At one point, the wife, uh, Terry's wife, unloaded groceries, set them on the counter. And then when she turned around for a second, she looked back at the counter after having unloaded the groceries on the counter and they were back in their bags. Oh, ew. Um, and also so rude. <laughs> uh, there's nasty smells that they could always report, like very musky and very old and the smell of decomp. Uh-uh. They would also hear a foreign language being muttered into their ears and they knew that the foreign languages were talking about them. Oh, good. They kept finding dead cattle intensely, intensely mutilated. I can provide pictures if you want. No! Okay. That's really sad. Some with their eyes completely removed. Okay. As if surgically. Oh. They're not te- like mauled out. Nope. <laughs> their teeth missing as if surgically. What and the fuck? their genitals mutilated. What the? In two years, they lost 20% of their cattle when... Usually, the average amount for a rancher to lose is 1%. So 20%. Losing, so, they were losing 20 times the amount of normal cattle. Lights would float around cattle's heads before the next day when they would vanish. It's like if you saw a light floating around the cow, the cow you'd be like, okay, he's gone. He's a goner. Many cows would vanish with hoof prints ending randomly in the fields, just like the wolf. But, um, wait, so the, the cattle would also vanish? Yeah. Like something was drawing the cattle. So then they thought it was aliens abducting. Like, like picking them up or something. Like that pic- that like classic That classic UFO. picture of a UFO like picking up a cow in the right. field. It's like the footprint just it's went just away. It's gone. Okay. Now that would be wild to see. The lights would get, um, the lights, like the floating lights and the orbs, would get so bright that the whole sky would look like daylight. Random animals just started showing up. Like random animals that should not belong in a ranch just started showing up, such as bright tropical birds in the trees what okay i was i was like what could that possibly mean yeah I, a toucan that's what that means and then random leopard looking animals oh my god that would not exist in that area and over time their outdoor cats started disappearing and in one night six outdoor cats disappeared <gasps> all in one night oh my god um the dogs were also too afraid to leave the area. They were too afraid to leave their dog houses. Poor puppies. They were just terrified. So they didn't go anywhere, but one night one of the dogs chased one of the lights in the into the woods. Oh, no, Em, don't tell me that. Um then two other dogs went to go follow that dog. No. So there were three dogs and then uh Terry heard the dogs and tried to fo- to follow them. He could hear the dogs yelping and then 
Terry followed their sounds, but he could not find the dogs. And then the forest went silent. And the next day in the woods, there were three burned circles in the ground. Oh, my God. That looked like crop circles with, quote, gooey lumps of liquefied flesh in the center. Why would they? One for each dog. Why would they do that? And how would they, how? I don't care that, that, but, but that's so mean. The family reported their story to the Salt Lake City newspaper, and this got the attention of Robert Bigelow and <laughs> good old Robert Bigelow. Oh, he becomes quite a character in this. Um, so he uh, was very, very interested in UFOs and all that. So he called and actually paid them $200,000 for the ranch, and he turned it into a research facility for the paranormal. So they left the ranch? So... They decided that they would leave, but Terry would stay on as a ranch manager to provide oh. to preserve the livestock that um, that Robert would bring on as bait. Which I don't understand. Why are you preserving something that's going to go away? Wait. So Bob. So Robert. Good old. Good old Bobby would. He bought out the land. Right. Kicked them out, but then hired Terry back on as the ranch manager to do ranch things while he while Robert handled paranormal facility things. So what's weird about that? The animals that Robert is bringing is like animals that he's like using as bait to to catch something and like knowing that they're probably going to die. But like as ranch manager, one of his things was to preserve the livestock. Oh, Terry's job was to preserve the livestock. Yeah. And yet they were trying to like lure in these creatures. Yeah, like with take the care livestock. of these animals that we're going to use and kill. Oh, I, I mean, s- it's basically like a farm where they kill animals. I guess, I guess. that's true. Except for nobody gets to eat them except except aliens are aliens real. <laughs> um, and toucans apparently <laughs> um, sorry i like i don't know why i had such a hard time comprehending that i get it now um okay so robert bigelow ended up creating it's called nids stands for national institute of discovery science um nids and that was the name of the ranch or the name of the facility that they use the ranch on so nids they hired psychiatrists physicists, engineers, biologists, and just about any type of oh military guard. And they locked down the ranch, and Terry was the ranch manager. He had, like, the least cool job. Um, when they founded NIDS... <laughs> I don't know why it's you so know. hard for me to say. Because it's a weird name. When they founded NIDS, um, Bigelow had also hired on some intense military staff, including Colonel John Alexander, who was a NATO advisor... And he also, we'll talk about him in a second, basically Colonel John Alexander, he was interviewed after the fact, after all this, like was more recently interviewed. Right. And he said, this is an intense like military guy. He said, it's all true. It's all true. Um, One of his favorite stories was that they had multiple cameras facing out and camera one can see camera two, camera two can see camera three, so on, so on. And so, like, there's... There's, like, full coverage, Yeah, there's basically. no way... There's nothing that could no have... No blind spots. Exactly. And at a certain point, the tape just stopped on its own. Oh, God. And they, they were each sitting on their own, like, PVC pipe platforms. And they were duct taped on there. And there's a huge amount of duct tape holding each of the cameras down so that they can't move through the wind or if an animal brushes up or if something tries to knock it over. So the cameras are pretty much stuck there. Right. And as soon as the taping stopped, for only a third of a second... For a third of a second. For a third of a second, all the wires were jerked loose at once. No. All of the duct tape wasn't just ripped off. It was gone. Like, they could not find it. That just gave me chills. And uh, And they're like, you can no longer use this. Yeah. And so a chunk was cut out of the wire. Oh, my God. About three feet of it. 
It was just now totally missing. And at this time, the cattle that were around the pole were also not moving or next to it and couldn't have moved there in a third of a second. And uh, eaten a bite of the duct tape and also uh, happened to, I mean... And also they think that the cattle had been in a trance because anyone that had been approaching the cattle after everything that's been going on with the cattle, they were super jumpy. So if anything... Yeah, they probably would have been freaked out. So if anything did move within a third of a second next to the cameras and the cattle were close by... So the cameras come back on and then all of a sudden all the duct tape was gone and all that. Yeah. What the fuck? That is so Crazy. And the cattle didn't move, even though they're super jumpy. Sure. So they think that like they were either paused in time or yeah. hypnotized. Ah! Um, That's so spooky. And so Colonel Alexander, like I said, he was also the subject of the book, The Men Who Stare at Goats. Oh, so, wait, seriously? Yeah. Oh, I so didn't know he's that. part of the military group, the first earth battalion. Yeah. Um, they work with trying to communicate with extraterrestrials and they're super involved in a lot of conspiracy sure. theories, but he's like a big guy. And even he's like, this is real. This happened. Yeah. So they also had veterinarians at NIDS, and so the team vet would look at the cattle, and the cattle that had been mutilated, the vet would say, there's no outward cause of death, but the bodies are too far in decomposition for me to tell. But she was also looking at some pretty gruesome stuff that, like, and she was like, no animal did this. Like, it wasn't far enough in decomposition that she couldn't confirm that animals didn't do it. Right. Um, Which I'll explain in a little bit. Okay. Um, So George Knapp... He was a journalist um, that worked with them, and he saw a bright... The first time he saw the lights, he saw a bright yellow orb of lights that shot out from the ranch silently, but as fast as a jet, and in a perfect 360-degree loop. Oh, God. And then they flew away. In 1997, uh, Terry called the news because more cattle were being mutilated with odd wounds on their ears and eyes... And the team vet looked at them again, and this time the cattle had circular spots cut out of their eyelids. <gasps> Ew! Perfect, what? perfect circles. Cut out of their eyelids? It's disgusting. And shredded ears, as if they were cut with scissors. These Okay, these poor, they need to get these animals off of this land. Sorry. This... Well, now they're being used as bait. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's cruelty, yes. It's very cruel, but yeah. I'm, but yeah. Like, like, I, and now I'm understanding what you're saying from earlier, but yeah. It's oh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> fucked up. So, um, basically the, all the team that could say was, this is clearly not a natural predator because it was happening in the middle of a snowstorm and none of those predators are even around. Oh, ew. Um, the cats also started getting mutilated in, no. bro- in broad daylight. No babies. So you would just walk over and the cat would just not be there Are they anymore. usually dead when this happens or are they still alive and they have like... Oh no, they're dead. They're oh, at least dead. Oh, I thought you meant like the cows just stopped having like the cow just eyelids. blinked with his circle. Yeah, that's what eyelids. I thought. <laughs> no, they're all dead. They're all dead. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Like at least there's a little. I guess, but like I mean, at least they're not suffering. Um, it's so fucked up, dude. So, one example, which I do need to show you a picture of because it's just too fucking weird. Oh God. Okay. Let me just find. Let me just find it. Elevator music. Okay, so there's there's two pictures. Okay. So the first one I was telling you about, about how like the teeth were getting ripped out and stuff like that. Oh, great! This, this was the first batch cow? of cat of cows before they were bait. This is how they found them. Huh? M, what the fuck? So like that's like not an animal. Like it left all the meat. It just destroyed the face. Okay, the eye- per- the eyeballs are really really upsetting. literally surgically removed. Okay, wow. And then the next what one. What did you Google just so? Um, I typed in Skinwalker Ranch Cow Missing Organs. Great, M. Great. Thanks um, for putting that on my Google Chrome so browser So here's history. the other picture. So I'll explain to you what's happening. In this. Oh, 
Oh. Oh, no. So. Oh, no. Terry then came out the, after the cats had been mutilated and found an 85-pound calf that had been spread eagle with one of its legs yanked out of its knee socket. Oh, my God. Um. And then placed right next to its body, untouched in any other way. It was just taken off to be put next to it. All the internal organs are missing, and the body was drained of blood. No. But the weird thing is, if you look, like, the body, yes, is drained of blood, but there's, like, no sign of blood anywhere. It's not like the blood poured out. It's not in out. a puddle of blood. It's literally just an emptied in cow. Fact, there's not even blood on its body or face. Yeah, it's just an emptied cow. Um, And this is extremely... Yep. All of this is extremely disturbing. Yeah, it's all bad. Also, here's the fucked up part, too. The mother cow was next to the calf. Like, dead? No. No! Um, what the fuck? And she looked agitated, obviously. I wonder why. And she looked in pain, obviously. And the vet checked on that cow, too, and found out that one of her ears was missing. (gasps) And the other was cut neatly down to the skull and removed with surgical precision. The only ear... One of her... So there's one ear that's missing. The other is literally just cut down but not removed. What the fuck? The one that's missing also didn't have its ear tag anymore. And so that's when they started thinking that this thing wants to keep souvenirs. It's just so fucking well, like weird. Well, an alien serial killer? Yep. The Look, fuck? we've got every... It's Toontown. There might as well be a serial killer in there, too. In Toontown, there's obviously got to be some bad eggs. So the researchers also... Um, Can I get rid of this yeah, photo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I just needed you to see what oh, I meant about I, the blood. Now it's a green chef menu. I'd rather look at the <laughs> sweet potato tacos. So um, at another point, the researchers heard dogs howling, even though no dogs were on the property anymore. Mm-hmm. They heard them next to some trees. At least trees. they got rid of the dogs. Yeah. And were like, now oh let's mutilate them. I know. Oh, so the researchers heard dogs howling, found the sound coming from some trees, and found one cow standing under the tree away from the herd, which is usually a sign of distress. Oh, honey. A man looked above the cow and saw amber eyes <gasps> in the tree above the cow. Oh. They shot at it, and the tree... <laughs> just shot at it. <laughs> and the... America! The eyes disappeared, and it, the tree looked like something had escaped from it. Like, there was clearly a ruffling. Sure. But there was no trace of it leaving the area. However, it had somehow vanished, and there was nothing in the tree when they got closer to look. But then, when they got to the tree... They looked down at the ground and they found a single bird print that was six inches wide with two Mm. sharp back claws. And then they found, so that was like the right foot, six inches wide. Six inches. And then they found the left print 20 feet further. Ah! Big Bird was there. Toontown. What? Wait, but what the fuck? I'm sorry. Yeah. How far away? 20 feet. So it walks, it takes 20 foot strides with six inch wide feet. And it's eating cow eyeballs. I literally... And it has amber eyes, it vanishes without any traces, and it has two sharp back foot I'm claws. I'm literally compelled to do the, the sign of the cross because I'm so disturbed by this. Here's the one that got me. Oh, great. So they also had bulls and bullpens and all that. So Terry, four of his bulls went disappearing from the pens. And he went in. He couldn't find them. He's like, where the fuck are they? Bulls are not easy to move. And they literally just disappeared in broad daylight. Like, he had gone to the pen. He left for 10 minutes, came back. They were gone. What? Um, And they're fucking big. Like, he's like, where are they? So then he goes and walks by the cattle trailer, which is, like, closed when it's not being used. Closed and locked. 
and found them tightly loaded inside. No. And inside the cattle trailer? The locked from the outside <gasps> or locked from the inside cattle trailer. And so Oh no. The trailer was was locked with Oh, so it was locked inside and outside, hence the padlocks inside and outside oh, familiar. Oh no. And the outdoor locks that Terry could see they were still locked from the outside with thick wire wrapped tightly around them and cobwebs were untouched. <gasps> so whoever moved them, first of all, you can't move four bowls easily no. in 10 minutes. But then they also did it without them freaking out and being in tight quarters with each other. And like fucking and, raging bowling themselves out of there. And he did it without the doors, without opening I'm like, doors. I'm like shivering. This is creeping me the fuck out. And four of them crammed in there. Yeah. What so the? Terry opened the doors and the bulls were in a trance. And when he tried to open the gate to let them out, they woke up from their trance and started freaking the fuck out. Oh, my God. So they were just kind of like hypnotized in there. They had no idea what was going on, but he said they were awake and hypnotized like awakening and trance. then it was like snapped when imagine four bulls just staring no, at you and not moving not and then imagine like disturbing that piece yeah. and being like now they're mad i was like oh better lock the gate again lock the gate <laughs> the cobweb is back on it <laughs> <laughs> so when once he finally unloaded the bulls um terry found that he was looking around like what the fuck happened and he found that the bars because he also contacted robert from because the whole nids sure group is there so they went looking through the area and they found out that the metal doors on the pin were magnetized all of a sudden and had never been oh. magnetic before. So Nid started checking the levels for 24 hours straight and realized that the level of magnetization in the area would go up and down on its own. And the higher the level of magnetism, the crazier the cows and the dogs would react to something that people oh, couldn't see. Oh, man. So for a lot of things that were happening during this time where padlocks on pins would disappear um gates would open by themselves still several orbs were showing up but flying around the ranch all at one time in the same intelligent movement uh -uh. but they would never show up on recording it would just look like a blank sky great also terry was starting to see seven foot shadow men standing next oh, to the barn okay now we're getting in that nope and he saw a UFO the size of multiple football fields with strange beak blinking lights. What? So also, Terry started finding crop, crop circles. Mm, Terry. Um, these circles were concentric and dug up with exactly eight foot circles arranged in triangles. And the worst, weirdest part is that the dirt that had been dug out to make these holes would also simply just vanish. No sign of it getting dumped to the side and then getting cleaned up. Oh, it, it just, just totally gone. gone. The holes were also so perfect that Terry says they looked like a giant cookie cutter had been put into the ground. Oh, my God. Several witnesses also started to feel voices in their own heads. And one was quoted saying they were burning hot with their hatred from being from behind a dimensional curtain. Oh, I knew they were discussing me, asking questions like, why is he here and who is he, even though I couldn't understand their language. So he knew they were asking this, but... He, like, felt the... He felt it, but also heard it in his head, but also it was in a different language, but also he didn't know it's what was like going on. It's like when you're at a party and you see two people, like, making a face and you're like, oh my god, they're yep. talking about my outfit. <laughs> <laughs> yep, been there. That'll happen at Vegas, don't worry. Uh, yeah, we'll be the ones doing it. And so, just... Allison. No. Just kidding. So, um... 
So there was another guy who was a UFO expert in the area called Joe Jr. Hicks, and he had documented over 400 cases in the last 50 years of UFO sightings. And he said that the activity really got intense in the 50s during MK Ultra. And oh, standard. Um, he, he remembers being in elementary school and the entire school saw a UFO hover over the town in broad daylight and lights started showing up all over town in the 60s and 70s. So one night, researchers were out in the field and saw a yellow orb, and researchers noticed that the orb was getting bigger and brighter and actually turned into a tunnel portal. Oh! The tunnel was hovering off of the ground. Oh, don't go in there. They didn't because they began sweating profusely and couldn't breathe and oh. felt like they were being suffocated by unseen hands. Oh my god, that's like us in this hot fucking room. <laughs> Sorry. And one of them said that he saw someone in there and he watched <gasps> a solid black humanoid shadow without a face walk out of the tunnel no! and right past him. Go back! And Go back in. Uh... Of course, after the humanoid walked out, the yellow tunnel faded until it was gone, and they looked everywhere for its tracks but couldn't find any. Jesus. But definitely saw it. No. In 1999, they actually found that the cameras were now either missing or broken every time they set them up, and this proved that the activity was repeatable and had a consciousness. What the hell? So Terry left the ranch and saw... He was leaving the ranch for the night. And he saw something move across the field towards the houses. <laughs> Bye. And for some reason, this idiot nope. goes back. No, this is what I'm saying. Fucking Terry. Have you not learned the your second, lesson? Listen, the second that like his cattle was getting mutilated and someone said, I'll pay 200 grand to leave the property, I would have been like, okay. <laughs> Peace. Um, I would have been like, the second uh, I felt a weird feeling on this ranch. And the second I saw a padlock inside the building. And somebody paid me nothing. I'd be like, goodbye, I'm leaving. The like, second I saw a chain on the outside no of the house. eyeballs need to be missing. Just, I'm out. Uh, so he ran back towards the house. And when he saw, when he ran towards what he thought was the light that was floating around, he came across a brownish red hyena with a butt curtain. Like Geo's. Like Geo, but a hyena. Wait. They didn't say butt curtain. A large bushy tail. But I just am picturing Gio being friends with the hyena with a matching butt curtain. And teaching him to love. Oh, wait, who's teaching? Cause oh, that's her. Scor Jesus, Scorpio. I'm trying to figure right. out who's teaching whom. I don't know. Maybe the hyena. I mean, a hyena is a Gemini, if you really think about it. That is true. So it's basically like our friendship with Gio. It's like me and Gio hanging out in the woods. Fantastic. Um, So this creature ran away into thin air and he watched this animal just blink vanish out of nowhere. Um, he left no tracks, and but he looked like he was running to the horses, vanished, so you would think he's no longer running to the horses. Uh -oh. However, in the time it would have taken him to still have ran to the horses, yeah. then the horses started acting up. Oh, so he's still invisible. It, it's like he like went invisible and kept running. Oh. And then the horses started freaking out. No. So Terry ran over to the horses, and there were giant body claw marks in their sides of the horse. Wait, that was Nope. Um, there's also one guy named Ryan Skinner, who was a researcher at NIDS at the ranch during 2007. Oh, no. He was a researcher after the fact that went to the ranch to do some investigating. And he became obsessed with the Skinwalker Ranch in 2006 when he and his wife were going to Vegas. And uh oh, is this our fate? During a drive, he fell asleep and his wife was driving and he woke up to his wife screaming, oh, what God. is that? And then saw a red light that was coming down from a giant flying object. Oh, fantastic. The light came down to be only five feet from the ground, but it was 30 feet from him. And so it was pretty fucking close. 
He stared at the light and then blacked out. Oh. He remembers kind of becoming hypnotized. And when he came to, his wife was screaming his name because three humanoid ah! figures were walking towards oh, them. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. And oh, they God. were not human. Oh, God. Oh, God. So they drove away as fast as they could, but the red light and the red glow of the UFO followed them. The UFO disappeared into just the light, so they could only see the reflection of the light, but not actually the UFO itself. So they were just getting chased by this red light. Kind of like how I like chase the cat around with a laser. <laughs> uh-huh. As a humanoid figure. Yes. And so the light was following them, and it caught up to the side of their car, and Ryan looks down by his car door and watches the light mutate into an alien face, and then his car turns off. <laughs> cool. Fabulous. That's fucking great. Okay, then super anticlimactic. The light then faded away. But when Ryan started researching about the area, he found out he was only a mile off of the Skinwalker Ranch. Uh... Since researching there, Ryan has also seen the giant wolf that Terry talked about in 1994. He has seen lights floating everywhere and has hallucinated voices and pictures. And he says something has been trying to communicate with him telepathically. He has interviewed many guards from the ranch and residents nearby. And he is convinced that this is just the creepiest, I don't know, even know if haunted is the right word, but most heaviest activity. Like active, right. So basically, that's, that's all the story of Terry, but the NIDS itself, they stayed around until 2004, and they were quoted saying, UFOs seen in the area were not consistent with current military aircrafts. That was like their big thing. Like, these are definitely not military aircrafts. They talked about it all the time. And in 2004, when they started making these kinds of announcements, NIDS got shut down. Oh. Which is, is where the conspiracy theory starts coming out. Sure. Because it's like, oh, all of a sudden they're saying this shit, and then the government... It's like, you're no longer allowed to do this. So then, Robert Bigelow pulled out of the Bobby. ranch entirely, and nobody knows why he pulled out. <laughs> and, <laughs> and all of his data that he ever took for 10 years is totally locked up. What? Locked Eight up years. where? I'll tell you. So Bigelow also made the claim that after Nids got shut down, he made the claim that there was no data to support the paranormal activity. Oh, man. However, he had previously stated in several interviews, one of them in which was Wired Magazine. Wired? And, really? And he said, quote, I have an enormous amount of data from a lot of different sources that oh, give me some shit. pretty strong convictions about the authenticity of the existence shut. of... Of phenomena such as UFOs. Up. So then only three years later, this is where it gets really conspiracy theory-ish. Three years later, 2007. A secret project backed by the Pentagon... Oh, man. ...is started by the Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid. And the whole secret project backed by the Pentagon was to study unidentified aerial phenomena now known as UAP, not UFO. Um... Robert Bigelow, who happened to be one of his closest friends. No way. He's friends with Harry Reid. Okay, got it. So Harry Reid made the secret project backed by the Pentagon. And then his best friend, who happens to have ran this eight-year paranormal project where they've got all of these findings. Right. His friend Robert happens to just win the bid for a contract that Harry Reid was doing with this project. Mm -hmm. $22 million Mm -hmm. for a new facility on the same ranch. Oh, snap. And they created the Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies, or BASS. <laughs> and it They're was really great at these acronyms. Backed by NASA and backed by the Pentagon. Wow. And 
A spokesperson for Bass said that the company had no comment relating to Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, so they just casually put their They just casually now have there. a secret project headquarters on but it's a not facility. Secret. They just have no comment mm-hmm. that we're allowed to know. One of Bass's projects was called AA Tip, the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program, what? which was a secret effort funded by the government to study specifically UFOs specifically on Skinwalker Ranch. How? So they're saying, oh, no, we have... Specifically in that spot. So it's like, oh, we have no comment relative to the Skinwalker Ranch, but we are going to create the AA tip just so we can look at UFOs on Skinwalker Ranch. But it has nothing to do with Skinwalker Ranch. And also, like, I did not earn this money unfairly from my best friend, who is, like, a majority Senate leader. What the fuck? Um, Senate majority leader. I'm not an idiot. Um, Before people say things. Um, (laughs) So in 2012... Bass lost their funding from the Department of Defense. Let's oh. remember the Department of Defense. It's literally funding this. Okay, got And the it. AA tip contract expired, and it was not renewed because a former member had publicly announced that he heard and knew, because he was confirming for everyone publicly, that, by the way, Bass exists. By the way, AA tip exists. By the way, the Department of Defense and NASA sure. have been backing this. Um, and... The contract expired and did not get renewed because this person also said out loud that the officials fear the public of learning about the program and potentially learning about the misappropriation of taxpayer funds. Oh, man. So that guy is probably Edward Snowden. Um, it's probably what? Oh, it's Edward Snowden. <laughs> He's probably in Russia right now. Oh, my so, God. Oh, my God. Right after the closure of AA tip, this is the creepy part. Right after the closure of this secret... Skinwalker Ranch paranormal specific project. It was almost as if there was like a divine deal with the aliens because oh out of nowhere, after it's been closed and there should be no more money getting funded for this, a unique, weird looking war monument was suddenly paid for by the government and built on the land. A war monument? Yes. So in 2016, Skinwalker Ranch, so after this like monument was shown up. In 2016, Skinwalker Ranch was sold for $4.5 million to an undisclosed buyer uh, who just happens to be there now. We don't know what it is. Oh, my God. I know who it is. I bet it's Elon Musk. Oh, there it is. No, I'm serious. Maybe. Sounds like some shit he'd, he would pull. <laughs> I'm serious. So Bass is now assumed to be disbanded. Um, also, I want to say I got a lot of this information literally from, like, I think it's called SkinwalkerRanch.com or something. But, uh, or... Um, org yeah i googled it while you oh cool okay uh, while you're talking well, about it. <laughs> so okay but yeah so if the information that i have wasn't from ghost diaries by johnny mann then it was from skinwalkerranch.org and that was i think it's it's ran by ryan skinner the guy with his i love that okay so any information is i'm getting it literally like basically from the source verbatim from the source because yeah. i don't want to there's so many mis- moving parts in this story i just didn't want to be wrong so bass is assumed to be disbanded and they say that the security team has been removed. However, there's new security for whatever this undisclosed buyer. There's new security that's now on the property. And they have very, very strong military-grade weapons, apparently. Oh, shit. The ranch is close to the public. And there's a checkpoint uh, with a giant sign that's been put up um, that tells people they can't go past the gate. And a lot of people are like, okay, maybe it's just like a no trespassing thing. But a lot of people also think, oh, they're keeping the they're keeping the public from secrets or from seeing an alien or some shit like that. Right. Police nearby have pulled trespassers over 
to say you need to be careful in this area you're messing with something that's not good this is a this is a quote Uh oh you need to be careful you're messing with something that's not good you're actively hunting it it will hunt you back (gasps) i've seen it happen these things will attach to you they will follow you this is real people i know have been driven mad by it you're hunting this thing and it knows it you need to be really careful okay there goes all the fun in that (laughs) so in 2017 why are we doing that was my drum roll Oh, with one hand. I thought we were knocking on wood with our palms. Oh. Because I'm knocking <laughs> on wood over here like, fuck this. All right, so in 2017, the New York Times released a story about the Department of Defense officially confirming uh, AA tip. Oh, my God. And Senator Harry Reid confirmed he procured funds, $22 million, or helped in the procuring of the funds, sure. which was awarded to Robert Bigelow and Bass, which was confirmed to have conducted a study on UFOs for the Pentagon. And in one statement... Knapp, who used to be a reporter during the NIDS era, right? he showed a document which confirmed that during the time of the Pentagon program, Bass had hired, trained, and deployed, quote, 50 full-time staff comprising of retired military intelligence and <gasps> law enforcement officers, PhD-level scientists, ener- engineers, technicians, analysts, translators, and project managers to create the largest multidisciplinary multidisciplinary full-time team in history to investigate the ufo topic what the fuck the document also says that bass's investigation um proved the many ways that this phenomenon showed itself including quote from the document bizarre creatures poltergeist activity invisible entities orbs of light animal and human injuries and much more (gasps) Oh, my God. In, oh, my God. Official documentation. Bass also said that they were using human bodies as readout systems for interactions with the UFOs and then studying those bodies, immunology, cell biology, and neuroanatomy for the effects of UFOs on people. Oh, my God. That's fascinating. So they were actually using people as, like, the sensor for UFOs. And the goal was to bypass human manipulation and, so like, human deception. Sure. And, like... Any perception they had that could have been, like, hypnotized or tranced or convinced that they saw, but they didn't actually see. They didn't want to rely on just eyewitness testimony. They wanted to be able to see what was molecularly happening to those people after interacting with the UFOs. Oh, my God. That is creepy. One former member says that the one former member of that program says that the NSA was signing the paychecks to Bass. Interesting. What? And at one point, a few high-ranking military officers had actually visited the area and were so disturbed that they demanded to leave immediately. Oh, my God! Oh, my God. Uh, So this guy, he was one of the former guards, and he is talking about how he knew that he was, like, being a guinea pig, but they wouldn't tell him why or about what, because he, like, wasn't, like, military. He was just, like, they just paid a guy to be a guard, and then they were, like, actually testing his molecular anatomy afterwards. Right. And so um, he says that he remembers being told to patrol the perimeter for 24-7 accompanied by dogs, but the dogs weren't guard dogs or security dogs either. The dogs were just like household pets. Oh. So it was like, so if other people looked at the field, it would look like they were being patrolled with dogs, but it was actually like, just like Geo. And the reason... (laughs) It was just Geo. So it was like, in one way, it would be so everyone else thought there was like serious guards and they wouldn't, like, want to come oh, near the area. Oh. But then also, it was because the dogs weren't the guards. The dogs were being used 
as a tool because they are able to sense things before humans. And so they wanted them to walk around with normal household pet dogs to see if they reacted a certain way to then warn the humans to get out of that area. Oh. And then they were testing the humans like so urine and doing brain tests and everything after they the dog reacted weirdly. So like ra- trained dogs wouldn't be able to like probably but I think they just wanted to just try any animal. Just like they just knew that the like, basic level of a pet rather than like they just knew that animals have different instincts than humans so like they used the dogs as like sensors of like what if the, the dog is fuck? acting weird just get out of that area and then give us your urine. <laughs> um what a fun game that is. So there were I'm I'm some by the way. So uh whenever the personnel saw or felt something after the dog reacted, they were required to have their urine tested and bring back vials of their blood to <gasps> headquarters in Vegas. And this is in Utah. They had by the end of their shift. So like within hours. They within had hours to, they had to go to Vegas and give here's people my blood. Their, their blood and pee if a dog acted weird. Because that meant that they were in like an area where that was magnetized or had ufo oh, energy i would just be like please don't act up dog i know i mean geo acts weird when he fucking finds a snail on the ground i don't know apparently quote brain scans they didn't even know what they were brain scans were also performed although the guards were never informed of the results or why they were being read what several people from the defense department and bass before it was disbanded they have become part of a new for-profit company called To The Stars Academy. Members claim that they have no affiliation with Robert Bigelow or were ever a part of NIDS or that NIDS has any secret funding. Like, it's still, like, secretly around, but with secret funding. Right. So they say, oh, we're not, we don't, we never knew each other before or anything. However, a board member of NIDS is now the vice president of To The Stars. A reporter for NIDS is now the biotech consultant and the man in charge. Shut the fuck up. And the man in charge of contracting Bass with the Pentagon is the director of global security. Shut up. Are you freaking kidding me? Skinwalker Ranch. And now we. And that was, that came out in 2017. That was last year. Yeah. Now we have the fucking NSA on our ass. Why do you think? Not that we didn't have it before, but now we're really fucked. But also, like, that was so long, and I'm so sorry, but it was also so concise compared to... Do you really... There's so much. There was so many stories I could have given about, like, all the, like, skinwalker things people have seen. The crazy shit. Well, I mean, even in that... Astonishing Legends did, like, a multi-part episode. Yeah. And their whole episode's, like, over an hour. Yeah. Just on that topic. So they did, like, three, like, four hours on this. And I can't, and they didn't cover everything. Like, yep. I heard stuff in yours that I had never heard in there, so. It's bananas. I just can't even imagine. Especially because it was so long ago that it, like, so many decades. Yeah. And then, like, government involvement. Yeah. Okay, here's my one question, though. Yeah. Is it too late to change, I know you made an itinerary, but is it too late to change the Vegas itinerary to Skinwalker Ranch? Yeah, well, I, yeah, I would. I mean, but I'm also a spontaneous kind of person. But I'm saying, is it too late or can we like... Like just move the whole party to Skinwalker Ranch? Yeah. Yeah. Great. I used... In high school, my friends used to get drunk in fields all the time. So it wouldn't be much different for me. I would just drag you out. It would just be different except that we're all getting mutilated and our eyes cut out. Yeah. Good. I would feel like I was back in high school though. So that's nice. Until we all got our bowels... No, that was high school. ...removed. Oh, that's your version. Okay, got it. Yeah. I had a crazy time. In mine, we just, like, straightened our bangs really straight and, like, <laughs> sang, sang a lot of uh, Billy Yeah, no, we had, we had circular parts of our eyelids removed surgically. Oh, well, you took a hole punch and you went boop, boop. Yeah, but we just didn't remember it the next day, so. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, high school is tough on everyone. I Listen, just, we just want to say if you're a teen. And you're going through that. If your eyelids have weird circles. Yep. If you're in a field and like maybe you get disemboweled, like we get it. Yeah. We've we all, just want to relive it now at 26 We've all been there. <laughs> anyway. We're sorry. <laughs> OM. OM. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace Courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace Courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Do you pride yourself on finding the best deals and savings? Yes, it's me. I'm raising my hand. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop. Get cash back at over 3,500 stores across every single category, including fashion, beauty, home essentials, travel, dining, and so much more. Shop brands like Macy's, Adidas, YSL Beauty, Samsung Petco, just to name a few. Plus, membership is free and it's easy to sign up. Cashback rates change daily. Here's how it works. Stores pay Rakuten a commission for sending them shoppers, and then Rakuten shares a commission with its members via check or PayPal quarterly. And you better believe how exciting it is when your PayPal alerts you that you've gotten money. It's no wonder Rakuten has 17 million members who are already saving. Start all your shopping at Rakuten.com. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.com. Or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cashback really adds up. All right, Em, are you ready for my story? Yeah, yeah. Okay, this is the story of Joseph Callinger. I don't know him. Great. I did not know him either before today. Okay. So I'm going to give you a little rundown. So Joseph Callinger was born as Joseph Lee Brenner III on December 11th, 1935 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. When he was only a month old, his parents put him into a boarding home where he only saw his mother once a week and developed severe separation anxiety, Mm -hmm. which is... Really fucked, because he's a month old, so it's already fucking up your brain. It's already in his psyche. In 1937, when little baby Joseph was just two years old, his father abandoned his mother, and his mother decided to place him in foster care, because she couldn't care for him, and couldn't find, I guess, a man... uh, The the information said she couldn't find a man to help her care for him. And it was 1937, so she needed... A man. Help, Yeah. You know, someone who could make money in 1937. A woman? Making money? LOL. (laughs) Indeed. He was subsequently adopted by Austrian immigrants uh, named Stephen and Anna Callinger. And usually at this point I would say, um, oh, I'm part Austrian, but now I want to really just distance myself from these people as much as possible. I'm part Austrian. Are you? Yeah. Me too. How much? I don't know. Oh. I'm also German. I feel like we're the opposite where, like, I'm part Ashkenazi Jew, but, like, 0.5%. And I'm 46% yeah, Ashkenaz. Exactly. And then I'm part, I'm Austrian, and I'm, um, like, 30%, and you're probably, like, less than that. We're, like, trading. I mean, on my mom's side, I know that I'm Russian, Austrian, and Polish, but I don't know what the degrees are. 
I'm like the most specific, like 75% white German people, 25% Austrian. And then even that within itself is like, my mom's like, you're not Austrian. And I'm like, I mean, I'm, I have, I am Austrian. And the Austrian side's like, remember that you're Austrian. And I'm like, (laughs) it's the same thing. Like, I'm just white and I speak German who like, okay, let's not go there. Oh my God. I just think it's silly. Um, okay. Blah, 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 blah. So he's recently... Okay. He's Austrian. He's subsequently adopted by Austrian immigrants named Stephen and Anna Kallinger. Um, unfortunately, like I sort of hinted at, his adoptive parents are fucking terribly abusive. Got it. So here are some of the punishments his parents forced upon him. They forced him to kneel on jagged rocks for <laughs> hours, locked him inside closets, uh, forced him to consume excrement. Oh. <sighs> Uh, forced him to commit self-injury, uh, burned him with irons, whipped oh. him with belts, and starved him. Uh, he once heard the F word from some neighborhood kids, and when he said it later that day, not knowing what it meant, his dad beat him with a leather strap, his mother beat him with a wooden spoon, and the beatings lasted for over a week. <gasps> Although he never understood what the word meant, never knew why he was being punished. Like, it was just so... Oh my god mentally traumatic like he had no idea he just said the word as like a a kid right and had no understanding of why he was being punished in fact they abuse okay i mean obviously this is already an upsetting story but just fyi uh child abuse plays a part in this story if anyone hasn't picked up on that yet (laughs) yeah hasn't picked up on it or has um triggers triggers yeah so they abused joseph so severely that by age six, he suffered a hernia um, that was inflicted by his adoptive father. And the hernia actually required surgery to be repaired. And when he got home, his parents told him that while he was in surgery, the doctors also gave him surgery to keep his bird slash penis small and make it not work for the rest of his life. What? And he was six. So they were like emasculating him. They were basically telling him like, I mean, they're obviously beating the shit out of him. Can you really get a doctor to do that? On a six-year-old? No, they were just telling him, like, by oh. the way, your penis will never work now. Oh, okay. They were just trying to emasculate Got him. Got me. For a second, I was like, oh, my God. You were like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they were truly just fucking with him. They were like, oh, by so the way, mean. he... By the way, while you were in surgery for this hernia your father caused in your body, they also made your penis not work forever. Okay. Like, that was what they did. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, when he was eight, his mother hit him in the head four times with a hammer. <gasps> Because he wanted to go on a class trip to the zoo. Oh. Yep. It gets worse. Later that year, Joseph was sexually assaulted by a group of neighborhood boys. He was held at knife point by older boys while one performed oral sex on him. Um, on his birthday, he his parents got him nothing as a gift on his ninth birthday. Um, so he went to school and cut up his classmates' coats with scissors. By age 11, so he's 11 now. He's still struggling to make friends. He's lived with these people for like nine years, just being constantly punished and tortured. Age 11, he's still struggling making friends. So he starts stealing money from his parents to convince neighborhood kids to go to the movies with him. Because he's like, oh, if I pay for my, you know, classmates movie tickets, maybe they'll be my friends and want to hang out with me. So when his parents find out, they force him to hold his fingers on the stove until he's burned severely. Um, And in fact... This happened a total of six times because they kept finding out. But he thought the punishment was worth it because he he was finding that he people, just wanted a friend. Yes, people would go to the movies with him, and he was like, "I don't care if I have to burn my my fingertips off. Like, 
I want to go to the movies with a friend or two or whatever. So he thought it was it was worth the punishment, which is just very sad. 11 That's years so old. so sad. Yeah. Of course, uh, as in all my stories, things only go downhill from here. Let's yep. move on. In 1949, Joseph is 13. Uh, he cuts a hole in the wall for masturbation. He uses a knife to achieve orgasm. What? Because... He stabs himself? No. He would cut and stab pictures of naked men and women to become aroused. Hmm. So he's been sexually assaulted by this group of older men who are holding him by knife point. Older men, older boys holding him by knife point, whatever. So he's feeling violent. He has a knife and he initially he would hold a knife and use that to be aroused but then it got to the point where he would actually cut out pictures of naked men and women and then use his knife to like slash at them to become aroused when he's 15 uh joseph gets a part of ebenezer scrooge in the local performance of a christmas carol at the ywca (laughs) which at that age i would have dreamed of having that and I, i wasn't uh, he'd always wanted to be an actor, but his parents laughed at him and refused to see him perform. So Aww. as much as like they've already beaten the shit out of him, now he's 15 and they still won't even give him the slightest like emotional support. And I'm sorry, I'm going to take a, a, a quick like step further sidebar here because like, I don't know if you know this. I don't know if anyone knows this, but like Blaze and I want to adopt kids and, and be foster parents. And just the thought that like you'd adopt a child just to treat them like you're one child you adopted one child and then you fucking hurt them so badly i just don't i don't understand i really don't yeah like i anyway it upsets me and it makes me even more want to be a foster parent anyway okay so (laughs) here we go and we're about to go on a wild ride okay oh my god okay so he's age 15 Joseph receives a message from God. Okay. <laughs> All right. Wow. We're really switching emotional gears here. I just want you to just, just like buckle up and get on board. He's told by God to heal and save people through their feet. <laughs> Does he become like a foot masseuse or? So it should be noted. His father owned a, a shoe shop. And he worked as a shoemaker. Got it. And it took me a while to connect this because it wasn't listed in every article. Got it. And at first I'm like, yeah, I thought like, like a masseuse. Like, I really didn't understand. Like, a, like do really good pedicures or massage therapist. Yeah. Like, I really didn't understand. Um, but I, I finally like kind of put it together because sometimes he is called the shoemaker. That's like his, Got it. his like moniker. Um, okay. So his dad owned this like shoe shop. And he worked there. So, okay. So he got this, I guess, message from... um, God. Allah. Yes. Okay. Save people through their feet. Um, Praise be unto him. Praise be unto him. And this is where things... I just... I really just tried in this paragraph to understand what was happening. And I just couldn't. So, all I know is that according to a timeline created by researchers at the Department of Psychology at Radford University... Hey! In Virginia... Their timeline actually, like, really helped me find deep... Because, like, Wikipedia and Murderpedia and whatever had um, a lot of information, but I feel like their timeline had, like, such specific, like... It was, like, this year, he was this many years old, and this is what happened. Just very succinct. So I want to thank them for their 
for their very uh, helpful timeline. So according to their timeline, over the next 21 years, so from his age 15, when he started receiving these messages from God, to age 36, Joseph conducted over 40,000 experiments. Uh, doing what? As a result of this message. Wow. And doing what um, is the exact thing that I spent approximately 25 minutes trying to find out. Uh-huh. Not one article explains this. Oh. A lot of them say... He conducted over 40,000 experiments. And I'm like... Like science experiments? I don't know. Self-journey, emotional experience? Right? Like meditation moments? Like, I, Was I, he able to like finally do a pull-up? Because I have yet to have that experience. Oh, don't get me started. I, I was going to tweet about this, but I'm just going to tell you right now that now that you've mentioned this, I don't know if I told you this. It upset me for like a full week. I've been practicing lucid dreaming. Mm-hmm. And um, they tell you, like, if you're doing something in your dream that seems abnormal, you should you do like a test um, by putting your fingers on your palm to make sure you're awake. Yeah. And if you're if you say, I want my finger to go through my palm and it does, that means you're lucid dreaming. And then you become aware in your dream and you're able to uh, interact with your dream and your consciousness, your subconscious and whatever. Um, And so I had a dream where I was able to do 40 pull ups. Huh. And I woke, what a up, dream. I woke up the next morning going, and my fucking subconscious wasn't like, nope, this seems <laughs> irrational. We're going to do a reality I'm... check. Nope. My dream was like, yep, this is right. And I woke <laughs> up and I actually was so upset because I was like, all my life I've never been able to do a pull up. And in my dream, my brain was like, here, let's give her something really irrational to make sure she knows we're lucid dreaming. <laughs> and I had 40 like, pull-ups. like, fuck the tapping your hand. Let's yeah. do something impossible and then i'd still was like yes this seems right this seems this seems completely rational okay point being i don't quite know what on earth these experiments were but according to several articles that is what happened um so around but things get weirder so don't worry like i'm not letting you down good on the weirdness uh so around this time he meets a girl named hilda bergman uh whom he starts dating despite his parents disapproval the two of them move into their own place at age 15. Mm. Um, but Joseph continues to work at his father's shoe shop. Like I mentioned, he's a shoemaker and apparently doing 40,000 experiments. Mm-hmm. 40,000 mystery experiments. I, I, that really bothers me. I spent so much time trying to figure that out. If anybody knows, like, please fucking tell me. Like, usually <laughs> I'm like, don't email me. Don't tell me. Don't correct me. Please tell me if you know what. Tell these... us at least one of the 40,000. 40,000. Like, what does that mean? Also, was he keeping track? Who right? Who? How does he know forty thousand? And if he was keeping track, why isn't there a log? And also, if someone else is keeping keeping track, yeah, they should have. Clearly, a log. there's proof enough for us to know the number. Thank you. Exactly. So, when Joseph turns seventeen, he drops out of school to start working full time and to marry Hilda. So they get married at seventeen. Um, a few years and two kids later, though, Hilda leaves him because of his abusive tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um, on September 4th, 1957, Joseph is hospitalized due to severe headaches and loss of appetite. And doctors believe this was a result of stress surrounding his divorce. Uh, he remarries on April 20th, 1958. So like six months later. Yeah, I was going to say right away. R- like pretty soon later, he uh, remarries. And with his second wife, he has five children. Jeez. Yes. So he is, again, extremely abusive towards his family. He often inflicts the same punishments on them that he suffered from his adoptive parents. Jesus. Which, like, as I mentioned, are pretty fucked up. Throughout the next decade, 
Callender would spend his time in and out of mental institutions for amnesia, attempted suicide, and committing arson. So again, this Radford University timeline, it's like this big list of just (laughs) in this section of 10 years. It's just like these moments of him casually burning his house down a few times. Oh, good. Then just like casually committing suicide or attempting suicide a few times. And the the list is just very like um, calendar sets his house on fire two years later. Calendar sets his house on fire. Like, it's just very (laughs) the timeline is ridiculous. He's literally just it's very calculating and not like it's just like reading the humor (laughs) it's just absurd like how often like wikipedia was just like let's just put this into a 10-year span where he just repeatedly repeatedly set his house on fire tried to kill himself we'll just condense into one sentence yeah um so in 1972 14 years after he married his second wife three of joseph's children end up going to the police and accusing their father of abusing them. While being evaluated, Joseph received an 82 on an IQ test and was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. That summer, he is found guilty of child abuse and is sentenced to four years probation with mandatory psychiatric treatment. And Joseph, at this point, is uh, hallucinating constantly. He regularly holds conversations with a disembodied head named Charlie. Okay. He's also receiving personal orders from God, Mm -hmm. as we already know. Right. In June of 1974, Joseph tells his 13-year-old son, Michael, all about his orders from God. He told Michael that these orders instructed him to murder young boys and sever their genitals. Oh, no. Uh, He asked for his son, Michael's help. Did Michael help? And Michael said, with enthusiasm... Glad to help, Dad. Oh, no. On July 7th, 1974, Joseph and Michael, who's 13, once again, just to clarify, um, murdered 10-year-old Jose Coyazo, a young child from Puerto Rico, by first torturing him and then cutting off his genitals. Oh, my God. So that's the beginning of a, a beautiful friendship between Joseph and his son. Yes. Quite a spiral. Quite a spiral, indeed. The... Worst, worst kind of spiral. The worst kind of bond. The worst kind of... But the strongest kind of bond. The strongest and the worst kind of parental bond. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, That August, Joseph Jr. So uh, this is one of um, Joseph's kids. So one of his sons is named Joseph Jr. That August of 1974, a month after he tells Michael all about this, uh, his message from God. That August, Joseph Jr. is found dead in the rubble of an old building, which just so happened to be two weeks after Joseph took out a large life insurance policy on his sons, all of his sons. Ooh. The insurance company suspected foul play, didn't pay up. Uh, The cause of death could not be determined, though, so Joseph uh, was let off the hook, although he later admitted to drowning his own 11-year-old son. Jesus. For the insurance money. He also explained that he had initially tried to talk Joseph Jr. into walking off a cliff by asking him to walk backwards while posing for a (gasps) photo. Oh, my God. So he was, like, at a cliff, and he was like, oh, just a few steps back, just a few steps back. And then the kid was like, no, I'm going to fall. So instead, he fucking drowned him with his own two hands. Oh, my God. 
Um, in November of that same year, 1974, Joseph and Michael continue their crimes together. So they're now like a fucking crime team. Uh, they robbed, assaulted, and sexually abused four families and murdered three people. In December of 1974, they kidnapped four women during their bridge game. Oh, my God. So these poor, <laughs> these poor women are these playing bridge. These four older women. The are, year of bridge. The year of bridge. They're playing bridge. And uh, Joseph and Michael show up, uh, force their way into the house, kidnap them, and steal $20,000 worth of valuables and cash. Oh, my God. They then held one of the women captive in her home and forced her to perform sexual acts on Joseph at gunpoint. Uh, The way they would actually get into the houses was to pretend to be salesmen. They'd, you know, show up and be all charming. But then, and of course, he has a fucking 13-year-old boy with him. So it's like easy to be like, oh, we're a father-son salesman team. Yeah, he's in training. Exactly. Um, But they always had guns on them. They had weapons on them. So, in early 1975, Joseph and Michael forced their way into a house in Leonia, New Jersey, armed with knives and guns. They take eight hostages. They tie them up with cords from various household appliances, and they make them strip their clothes. Of the eight hostages, they only killed one woman. It was a 21-year-old nurse named Maria Fashing who walked in on the scene to visit her elderly neighbor, who she wanted to stop by and offer help because she sometimes stopped by to, like, help her out and and offer help around the house. So she shows up. She's 21 years old. Uh, She walks in on the scene, and Joseph slits her throat and kills her. One hostage was able to escape and alert a neighbor... So the police arrive on the scene to find Maria dead and the seven hostages mostly naked and still tied up in the basement. Oh, my God. Nine days later, Joseph and his two sons, Michael, who he was doing all this right, fucked stuff up with. bullshit with, and James, who's 11, were arrested in their homes, were arrested in their home after police linked Joseph to the crime via a bloodstained shirt he had dumped on the side of the road. Um, and they didn't know this is, because at first I was like, why would they arrest Michael and Joseph? Turns out Michael and Joseph looked similar enough where the police weren't sure which of them was the accomplice. Got it. So they took both of them in um, and they eventually released Joseph Ju- Joseph, and kept Michael. I, <laughs> I was just the, can you imagine being Joseph and you're just minding your own business and the police oh show gosh. up and they're like, you murdered people. And he's like, what the fuck? It's is- like, no, 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 no. Like, I don't have anything to do with this. They figured out it was Michael, not Joseph. Let him go home. So Callinger, Joseph Callinger, was determined competent to stand trial because he knew right from wrong, even though he tried to plead insanity. He was charged with four counts of robbery, four counts of false imprisonment, and one count of burglary. He, of course, testified in his own trial. He told the jury that God communicated with him and told him what to do. He said that he was, in fact, the son of God. Um, and her... <laughs> <laughs> what's happening and had also existed as a butterfly <laughs> <laughs> oh wow oh, i forgot that was in there uh <laughs> it's just so it catches you off guard because it's so lighthearted it's, compared to everything else it's so like if the whole story was that i'd be like then you fucking be a butterfly thank man. you I, it's like oh the lord instructed me to murder three million people and my own family and Oh, but also I was a butterfly. It's like, it's like fuck, mm, can't we all be butterflies? That's, that's part, fine. That part I'm on board with. Um, 
Yes. Yes. So, it took the jury less than an hour to find Joseph Callender guilty, and he was sentenced to 30 to 80 years in prison. Michael, the 13-year-old son, meanwhile, was judged to be under his father's control and was sentenced to a reformatory, and he was to be released at 21. So, at age 21, he moved out of state and changed his name, so he's kind of off the radar, which is probably for the best. Hopefully he hadn't done anything else. I feel like after Hopefully. a traumatic experience of slitting people's throats and raping people and who knows. But I, I hope you quit at some point. Let's hope that uh, it was just his dad's fault. So while Joseph waited in jail to begin his murder trial in New Jersey, he began to act out and try to draw attention to his mental illness. But um, authorities determined that he was faking it by being like, I'm so crazy, you know, and they were mm-hmm. like. Yeah, you can't fool us. Like, we know you know what you did was fucked up. Yeah. On September 13th, 1976, Joseph Callinger, who is now 40, went on trial in Hackensack, New Jersey, for the murder of Maria, who is the nurse, and the taking of the hostages. He, of course, pleaded not guilty. And a month later, October 13th, 1976, which is my wedding day, by the way, in case you forgot. Yep. Um... My wedding was a twinkle in everyone's eye in 1976. Calder was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison for those for the murder of Maria and the the holding of the hostages. Mm -hmm. A few months later, he uh, set himself on fire. Uh, For good? That was how he went? Nope. Oh, he just casually was like, maybe this will work. Set himself on fire. One of 40,001 experiments. Yes, there we go. (laughs) Now we're we're moving into the pyrotechnic phase. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he set himself on fire in his prison cell. They were like, "Don't no, nope, can't do that." So authorities moved him to a hospital for the criminally insane in Waymart, Pennsylvania, where he slashed another convict's throat for no reason. Um, other than that, the voices told him to do it. Oh shit. He did various television interviews, uh, some of which I watched and felt real weird about Mm -hmm. watching in the Nickelodeon studio. Uh, And in these interviews, he explains his ongoing desire to slaughter every person on Earth. Oh, my God. And then commit suicide so he can become God. Not the butterfly. No, he was. You know, he was a butterfly. He doesn't feel like going back. Got it. Butterfly to God. Got it. It's all, you know, you know how you mentioned God's social butterfly. <laughs> you know how you mentioned the, um, the progression of the skinwalkers mm-hmm. ending up as a wolf. Right. Right. So we're kind of so going stage one butterfly, butterfly, um, got, got it. Got yep. it. Got it. Got it. Yep, 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 yep. I really wish the whole story was that he just thought he was a butterfly. It was, that was just so kind and nice. It would have been. A much better version of paranoid schizophrenia if it was just about butterflies. But unfortunately, it got very violent. Mm-hmm. Yes. It got violent. In some terrible, terrible ways. He says he has been instructed to kill at least three million people. <gasps> and his son, Joseph, who was found in the rubble at a construction site, mm-hmm. was a sacrifice to prove that he was willing and able to kill his own. It's like this Abraham nonsense. Thank you. Exactly. I was surprised in the interview I watched that I didn't mention it, but I was like, hello, fresh, old, <laughs> old hello, testament, Abraham, Abraham. <laughs> I was thinking, hello, old testament, but <laughs> hello, fresh works too. Hello, old testament. Come on, baby. 
So Joseph spent the next five years in solitary confinement on suicide watch, exactly because he was saying, I'm going to kill myself and become God. Right. Until March 26, 1966. Uh, on that day, Joseph Callender died of heart failure at the age of 59. Oh, boy. He's very young. So when asked whether he thought his client was evil or sick or both, Callender's lawyer, whose name was Paul Giblin, gave his opinion. I'm going to read that to you. Paul said, he was sick. He was an evil man, and the evilness was a manifestation of the illness, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Because it goes again, it goes toward that, like, um, uh, mental illness and evil and, like, that, like, blurred line between them. And I think it's interesting to say, like... And, like, nurture over nature and all that. Yeah, and I think it's interesting to say the sickness was what created this or right. caused this evilness inside right. he was him. not born like that he was yeah. not born evil or or he could have been but he was sick like he had an illness oh wow. that caused the evilness so it, it wasn't like he's an evil man necessarily and there's nothing else to explain it. it's like he had this sickness that right. created evil inside him which i thought was an interesting way of looking at it because i feel like usually it is like nature versus nurture but instead it's like he was evil, yes, but also he was very sick, and that's what caused the evil. So I, anyway, I thought that was interesting. Um, blah, 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 blah. So I watched this creepy interview uh-huh. where um, I think it's like the 70s or 80s. I think it's the 80s. Apparently, he did several TV interviews, and these reporters would come and do these, like, one, like in Mindhunter, where they would yeah. like, do the one-on-one interviews. And I watched one, and boy, oh, boy, was it fucked up. So it was very short. It was like a minute and a half. Um, and I'm going to just read you kind of the what what went down. So the first thing you hear is Joseph say, I'm patient with a good ear and try to help people. And the reporter makes him repeat it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he says, I'm patient with a good ear and try to help people. And he says, the reporter says, when you're not trying to kill people. And he <laughs> says, yes. Oh, so matter of fact. Yeah. Oh, so matter of fact. And the reporter says, uh, you murdered your own son. Yes, I did. Why? He was a sacrifice. I was to murder three million people on planet Earth. And he was a sacrifice to see if I could murder one of my own. At the end of murdering all the people on Earth, I was going to murder my own family and then take my own life and become God. So when asked what he thought of the death penalty, Joseph Callender said he was opposed to it. He said, I don't think anyone has the right to take a life. And the reporter says, except you. <laughs> and Joseph says, when I'm under hallucination, I do. So Joseph says he still experiences the voices often. He feels regular violent urges. And he often feels the urge to kill people. So the interviewer asks, do you think you'd murder me, Joe? And without hesitation, Joe responds, yes. The reporter says, that's gruesome, Joe. That's horrible. Joseph says, yes, it is. The reporter says, and you don't blame me if I say I hope you never get out of this place. And Joseph says, I hope I never do either. And that is the story of Joseph Callender. Yuck. Like I said, he died uh, at age 59 of heart failure, but that is the story of Joseph Callender. Jeez. (laughs) Is that not wild? That that really does get into the whole, like, being 
being raised in the most po- like abusive household possible, both like sexually violent, all of the above. Yeah, all of them. And then turning around and doing that to your own children, and not that that means that that happens. Not, I know, I know. It's just psychology is a crazy thing. Yes, yes, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. Since our episode was so long, we don't have to do a geoscope, but I still have my fortune cookie that I didn't eat. Okay, I do have a geoscope written here, but okay, then we'll do a twofer. Okay, great. Here's my fortune, guys. I'm so ready for your fortune. I'm going to steal it, too, since we're both Geminis. Okay. The fortune is... You may attend a party where strange customs prevail. (laughs) Bachelorette in Vegas, baby! Oh, wow. Zach Baggins! I was thinking, like, like a ritual, like a sacrifice. Oh, I was thinking... I mean, yeah, that, too, but also in Vegas at my bachelorette party. Yeah, no, that one is probably more likely to happen sooner. I mean, who knows? There might be rituals and sacrifices. Who knows? It's going to get weird. I'm down. I'm so down to clown. All right. What's the geoscope? All right. Here we go. Here's a Scorpioscope slash Scorp Geoscope slash someone else has said. Geoscorpioscope. Oh, my God. It never ends. Yep. That. Flattery will get you anything you want in the job world. True. Don't be ashamed of showering your boss with compliments. True. (laughs) That you know he or she wants to hear. Be respectful, but don't be afraid to put a little extra sugar on top. Yeah. Here's one more. You may not need to get entrenched in the lives of the people around you today, but you'll really want to. Yeah. There's a strong urge to be involved building inside of you, and it's creating some amazing growth opportunities. This may be a courage issue for you right now. You may fear that no one wants you to get involved. Oh, Gio does not. Gio. Gio does not fear that one bit. <laughs> but that's not the case. People are looking for you to put more of yourself into what you do. Snuggle me more, G. Add your signature to life. Your signature snuggle. Oh my god, that's insanity is what that is. I like it. That's the geoscope for today. <clears throat> well, thank you guys for listening while we're out in Vegas and I'm dragging Christine back to the hotel. I cannot wait to show everyone I'm eating this. Okay eating one of these okay i cannot wait to show everyone the pictures of us at zach baggins my fear marilyn kind of wrote out my fear when she said do you think christine's also blacklisted from his yeah we'll find out locales because he definitely blocked me on twitter Mm-hmm. yep so let's see if i'm allowed in um fingers crossed we're gonna have a great time christine's eating broccoli <laughs> um until she's done <laughs> i don't know how you ate it quietly i just ate really fast oh, while you, you were talking the, yeah, yeah um okay well thank you guys for coming to our facebook live last sunday um sorry we flooded sorry we just had a mess it was a disaster if you weren't there you really missed out you can watch it on our uh facebook page facebook no you can watch facebook, it on our yeah you you also upset a bunch of people on Twitter again because you said oh come watch us on Facebook Live and a bunch of people were like I can't find it anywhere but it was only for patrons. Pay for Patreon. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> so I was you, trying to promote us. I, I just know, did it poorly. But then I had to go to damage control. But it's okay. That's so, just a typical Tuesday at this point. <laughs> but so if you guys want to watch it, it's on our uh, Patreon only Facebook group. Um, and if you're a patron, you can watch that. It was a disaster. 
in quite an entertaining way, I guess. Yeah. The pool flooded. It was it was quite a, a moment for all of us. But anyway, um, go on. Yes, we have not figured out the date yet for our next Facebook Live, but expect it in the month of August. It's coming. Um, until then, you can find us on our social media at ATWWD Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon. Please help us donate. Well, don't help us on it. Please donate to us and help us at the same time. Um, you can also find our website, and that's where we drink.com, our merch store, and that's where we drink.bigcartel.com. You can also find our email, and that's where we drink at gmail.com, where you can send in your personal true crime and paranormal stories because we put out a new listeners episode at the first of every month. Um, and you can also send us goodies. You can send us uh, mail or packages or sweets. Um, you or can, all of the above. Or all of them. And you can send them to 1920 Hillhurst Avenue, number 265, Los Angeles, California, 90027. And we just recorded our July one, so we're going to post that soon. Um, and CK sent us an amazing gift, so go check that out on Patreon. Um, we have a bunch. I'm um, not even kidding when I say. So many new shows. Yeah, we have a lot of shows coming up. Like, to the point that. I feel like every morning we get a new, like, memo of a new show planned for us. And not all of the venues have released those tickets yet, so we haven't been able to announce them. But they are coming. They are coming. And they're very exciting for a lot of you who keep saying, come here, come here, come here. So keep your keep your eyes, keep one eye peeled and keep the other one ripening. Full circle. Yep. And that's why we drink. Love you guys. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution.